Hello, this is the Anything But Quiet Time podcast through HopeOnDemand.com. So if you get this uh, wherever you get your podcast, like Apple or something, you can check out more, a whole lot more at HopeOnDemand.com. And this is going to be a little bit of a different podcast because we don't really, we're going to draw these questions, um, this game talking, it's not even a game, it's really just conversation starters, talking point cards Mm -hmm. for Christians. So we don't really know what we're going to be talking about for most of this podcast. But on this first one, we do. Yeah. you. We asked this on our radio show. And what was it? Uh, I'm trying to find it. Okay. I took a picture of the card. Here it is. Here it is. As a Christian, how do you interact with people of other religious views? Well, you head on down to the Walgreens at the corner of Happy and Healthy. Oh, yeah. And you get a poster board and you make a big oh. picket sign. Like right. a sandwich board is what you're talking yeah, about. Big sandwich board, the end is near guy. Yeah. And then you go in front of their place of worship. That's how you interact. And you stand. That's right. No. But <laughs> it's terrible. It's the opposite of what you should do. Uh, I think compassion should lead it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you asked your boys this question. You're yeah. uh, what, uh, the 16 and 13 year old? So Caleb was the first and he's 13. And he said, I would, when I find out if uh, another person that I go to school with is a, of a different faith, I would ask them, hey, is it okay if I, I tell you what I believe? Mm-hmm. I thought that's just it's just great. Why is that so simple? And that may not be the first thing that I think. Because there's a narrative out there that nobody wants to talk about faith or God, right? It's on the on the date. What's the rule? Yeah. Religion, politics, money. Never bring those up on a first date. And yeah. yet, if you're talking to somebody of another faith or even philosophy. Mm-hmm. And if they're passionate about it, they're more than willing to talk about it usually. I think I remember going uh, on a, 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 to a dinner with a girl from France. She was an exchange student. And she believed in something along the lines of, I don't know, it was almost like reincarnation okay. slash maybe some existentialism. And I don't know. I don't know. It was interesting, though, to hear her talk. And... I remember because this was my first encounter, I think, of really exploring conversation with somebody who didn't identify with, I believe in God. Mm -hmm. Because even in high school, there may have been people that didn't really associate with Christianity, but they might have at least said, yeah, I believe in God. Yeah. But she is outright, this is what I think. Yeah. So I was... I was uncomfortable. I was 18 years old when we were having this conversation. And just looking back, I'm thinking, I don't know if I handled it particularly well, but I did try to have a conversation and we did it over a meal. Mm -hmm. And there's something about sitting with somebody, not standing, because then it could be like you're in a hurry or your leg can start moving real fast. Mm. And I don't know, there's, but sitting, there's something calming about that. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody's got to eat. Uh, sure. You know, at least uh, one out of three times, if you catch him, yeah. you'll be able to sit down for a meal. And my oldest, his, uh, his response was really good too. He said, you know, because um, I asked if you ever had to do a project with classmates and faith was brought into that project and you had to present this in front of the class. Let's say one of the classmates you're working with is of a different faith mm-hmm. and he wanted to lean towards what it was that he believed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How would you respond? What would happen? And he said, you know, that's a conversation that needs to be had. I think middle ground needs to be reached. I thought that was such a, it's such a balanced thing to say. Something that is honoring to God Yeah, is yeah. what I think would be the result. We heard from somebody, and this is a while ago that we did this uh, on our show, um, but I still won't use her name, but she is a Christian married to a Muslim. Mm-hmm. And it was a very interesting conversation that we were navigating 
there were some really good points and and really odd points, I think, for us when we were talking to her, because it's one of those things, they have a, a daughter, mm-hmm. and it was, to me, the great, biggest, awesome takeaway was uh, we choose not to bash one another mm-hmm. in front of our daughter so that that she doesn't think mom or dad is dumb because of this faith or that faith. And I love that. And yeah. I, and I think from the Christian perspective, um, that is a, that's what the Bible calls us to. I'm, I'm, I'm sure in, in some, you'd find a, uh, uh, what's the word? Sora, Sora, I, th- I believe of what's out of the Quran, uh, the, you know, it believes the same thing. Um, but obviously what we're focusing on is how does a Christian live this life? And I think it just is what it is, right? We're encouraged to not, uh, be unequally yoked or, you know, get married to somebody uh, that is also not a believer. Mm -hmm. But if it is, it is. And you should be faithful in that relationship and, and still move forward in sharing your faith. And it did seem like this is our norm and it's okay. Mm. And I'm sitting here going to me, that would be extremely difficult. Oh yeah. I think extremely. It's difficult. Marriage is difficult anyway. Are you all right? You just broke the chair. (laughs) Okay, we're good. <laughs> the chair is difficult, uh, let alone marriage. <laughs> but no, I mean, my husband always classified, he said, this is two worlds coming together. So the yeah. way that you were raised, the way you push the toothpaste, stuff the toothpaste tube and all that stuff um, is going to be different. Uh-huh. So two worlds colliding, that's marriage. It's hard no matter what, yeah. I am uh, married to a Mexican-American. His culture is radically different than the one I was raised in. And coming together with the culture and even his first language wasn't English primarily. He I learned- take, yeah. it, have, take it up a notch then. Yeah. Spanish was his first language. So he learned English from Big Bird. Oh, very nice. Yep. Yeah. Parents, he was the second born. You know how it is with the second born. They were all in with English with that first born. And the second born's like, just listen to Big Bird. Yeah, <laughs> he's got you, right. <laughs> but the I, yeah, a lot of time spent trying to figure out when you're saying this, mm-hmm. what do you mean? Because I am taking it this way. Mm-hmm. But I'm probably just sounding like everybody's marriage as well. You add a little flavor of cultural difference it's taken it a step up. Now you take it two different faiths. When, if you're both passionate about it, then that means it's the most important thing, thing in your life. And so having a child and navigating that, um, she was so open in sharing that. And I, I was very grateful for her willingness to share. Uh, I remember my mother-in-law sharing with me, um, she and my father-in-law were not quote equally yoked. Now they both believed in Jesus but he was what you would call a casual Catholic. Mm-hmm. And he he would, yeah, sure, I'm, I'm Catholic. I think he was covered by the wings of his parents, if you will. They were very faithful mm. to what they believed. Um, and he would maybe show up, I don't know. I don't want to lie and say some number but of like times. A, but like but a Christer type of uh, Christmas he, Easter. He was type not of, dedicated to, sure, to sure. going to church. And my mother-in-law um, was Protestant. And faithfully was at church like every day. She said I was there every single day because we would volunteer. We'd help in the church. My mom did this. My dad did that. Yeah. And so it was totally, they were not obviously equally yoked. And when you look to your husband, you're hoping that that's going to be the spiritual leader of your home. Mm. And so, I mean, lots of prayer. In fact, it came to a decade later, an ultimatum finally was served and that's never, counselors everywhere, like, that's not a healthy thing mm-hmm. to serve an ultimatum. But it, it came to a point where she was really concerned about the welfare of her family. Yeah. And 
praise the Lord, God turned my father-in-law's life around. He's not the same man anymore. He is... 100% into Jesus and, following And that's the, the goal, but you know what? And I believe it's, Paul is referencing this, I believe in mm-hmm. Corinthians and just talking about the different relationships and that if you're a Christian married to a non-Christian, you you mm-hmm. serve and and you you are faithful and you be with that person regardless if they never come to faith. But, mm-hmm. you know, somebody asked a, a, a pastor, I listened to a, a question, what happens if, I want to go to church and my husband does not want me to go to church because he is not a Christian and doesn't want me to mess with it. And it's one of those situations. The advice is you go because, but, but then what she was asking was, Mm -hmm. but isn't that being disobedient to the request of my husband Mm -hmm. of just trying to, you know, be one. And, and in that, and there are things just like if the government tells us to mm-hmm. stop worshiping God, we refuse. Yeah. There are, 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 uh, qualifiers mm-hmm. and, and there, but there is no qualification to follow God. So we have to do that first and meeting regularly, mm-hmm. uh, at a church, it, you refuse to listen to your spouse that doesn't want you to go to church. Now, if it's one of those, like, Hey, I know you go to church and I support you, but I was just wondering if we could go on a camping trip in July. Okay, that's totally different, right? <laughs> but in, and there's not yeah. a church attendance requirement in the Bible. But in terms of like, I never want you to go because I don't like your faith or yeah, your church. Exactly. You you don't listen and no. in in that, but you support everywhere that you can. Yeah, we were we started to talk about this a little bit. Um, a lot the people that Paul is addressing. See, people were coming to faith in Jesus, and they had already been married, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and so they're right. now they're unequally yoked. But it wasn't like they were both Christians beforehand, or yeah, or yeah. not. They more than likely were not Christ followers when they first got married. Yeah. So if one comes to know the Lord, you are to continue to serve. Yeah. Is what he's it, he's saying. Don't get divorced. Don't get divorced just because it's a different faith, right? And uh, but in this instance, when you knowingly she was a Christian and her husband was Muslim before they got married, yeah, I, I was very concerned. I was like, oh my gosh, that would be so hard. The conversations, but they have it worked out. And and these were her words. I believe she said, you know, we are comfortable with it. Mm. Yeah, that that was the hard. I think. I'm sitting here going, this is difficult and, and kudos to you for choosing love in it. But I think that, I think that's, it's, you got to call, one. we got to call it for what it is. And it's hard. It's not comfortable. Oh, and my, my mother-in-law, I love her. She, she would never recommend it. Sure. Um, yeah. And I'm grateful that it was a positive outcome, but there was a lot of heartache before yeah. that yeah. ultimatum became a thing. And so, uh, yeah. So she was, she called up and she said, well, having conversations with people who don't believe as I believe that's, that's an everyday experience for me. That's an everyday experience. Well, let's draw some of these cards, some more similar questions. Okay. And let's just see. And I know there's certain colors that are better than others here. Um, my gosh, what? Just grab one card. This is not hard. Ooh. Of course, you did almost just fall out of your chair doing absolutely nothing, but no, sitting. I no, the, the armrest. I don't think I can put my full weight on it. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> the, this one. This, oh, oh, no, not that one either. We spare no expense. Oh, man. It's like duct tapes holding this thing together in here. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Okay. Cut all of this all right. out. All right. Um, this is interesting. Should Christians boycott companies that support ungodly policies or practices? I mean, if if you feel led to, 
Yeah. I think that's, but that honestly, I would hope that you would have a conversation with a trusted member of, of your church with somebody that you are like this, this person's super balanced and wise. This is how I feel. I'm going to go talk with them, have a conversation first. Because I am not one of those people that has ever felt led by the Lord to go boycott anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, again, talking about just sitting down and having a meal with somebody that I disagree with, yeah. as opposed to, hey, I'm going to march in with a picket sign. You, you kind of touched on that. Well, I'm going to go make a sandwich board and stand out in front mm-hmm. of your business. Sure. And we're laughing about it. So I, I think that, I don't know. I would be well, hesitant, but I understand that in today's society, like the wedding cake place yeah, that was concerned right, about, well, right. I don't necessarily want to make a wedding cake for a marriage that I don't agree with. Or, and, and that's the thing is, I, I think you're right. I, I think, know. I think this is individual. I think mm-hmm. Romans 14 would be exactly this topic. Okay. And, and the meat. The meat is blessed to pagan gods. Well, yeah. we shouldn't eat it then. And Paul's like, if you feel a heavy conscience, don't eat it. Mm-hmm. If you don't, then you're fine. Yeah. You know, it's, it, and there are some circumstances that don't have uh, teachings mm-hmm. where, you know, it's like, you can't say, oh, it's okay for me to get drunk. Yeah. No, well, no, the Bible actually says specifically not that, right? It says the opposite, but there are some that don't have specific teachings that we are feel are free to follow our conscience. And I, I think this would fall right into that, but it also doesn't mean, you, you know, boycotting doesn't mean picketing either. Okay. I mean, we can separate those, right? Oh, okay. And, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and just go, I just don't, you know, let's say Starbucks, right? Yeah. I love Starbucks and I go to Starbucks, but I get that they might support some things that people don't go there for and it's not the coffee. And um, and I can choose to just not go yeah. because I don't believe in it. Sure. Uh, even though I, you know, let's say I, I'm with a friend and they decide to go, but I I go in, I'm nice to the employees. I yeah. don't mind if other people get Starbucks, but I choose not to. I, I think that's how it should be handled. I, I, I'm... I'm trying to think of a time. Thank you for distinguishing that because I didn't do that. Well, it just doesn't I'm have thinking, to be. I'm thinking picketing immediately. And, and, and people do though. And boycotting and though do. is not necessarily that. I, I'm trying to think because okay. I want to be careful about, and it has nothing to do with Christianity, but I want to be careful about the first amendment mm-hmm. and respect the right to assemble, right? But from a Christian perspective, I'm trying to think of a time where it is a good idea to picket. Now, I, I, I guess the... The one for me is at state capitals when you're trying to enact change and you're there to support. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm trying to think of a good time to pick it outside of a restaurant or a or a store or a person's home, even if it's a government official. I, I'm just from a Christian perspective. Like, is it, would there ever really be a good time to protest in in that? in that specific manner of the, the actions of a business or individual. Now, again, if you want to enact a government change, yeah. I do understand that. I'm never going to say never. Yeah. But I do feel off the top of my head, I would probably say I would never do that. Yeah. Um, I can imagine if somebody disagreed with me, them showing up in front of my home mm-hmm. or they disagreed with my child, mm-hmm. the best way for them to communicate I was really disturbed by some of the things that you shared mm-hmm. would not be by marching in front of my home with a sign. Well, and like I'm from Oklahoma. Well, we're both from Oklahoma. Yeah. And they uh, three, four years ago, there's a big, you know, uh, t- uh, daily uh, teachers would uh, protest, I guess, at the state Capitol 
you guys, this bill that you're either, I can't remember if it was a bill they were going to pass or just one that they wanted to get passed mm-hmm. is like, support your teachers, support your teachers. They were there daily yeah, telling yeah. And I get that. And now these people didn't do it. That's but more of a positive thing though. That you seems know, like more of a, but even if it's like, a, I can't believe you're doing this, you know, we're here to tell you there's a lot of voices that disagree with the yeah. actions you're taking. I think that's fine too. Where it crosses the line, now these teachers didn't do this, but other movements have. They go to the congressman's house in their front yeah, yard. I don't think so. It, man, that's their home. Mm-hmm. Now, this isn't necessarily Christians doing that either. I'm just saying, from a Christian perspective, I think that could cross a line. So, because they have families. Yeah, and it doesn't what matter if they're, their if they're if they're Potter from from It's right. a Wonderful Life, and they're the scum of the earth. I feel like you should you should have your home. You got to check your heart with all of these things. If you feel like God is telling you, I need to do this and checking your heart and where you're at with your mindset and you're just, God, what do you want me to do? Because I feel passionately about this. I really do feel this is the way you would want me to do this thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I heard? This is just interesting. Sorry, it's a little off topic, but somebody asked a pastor, um, what would you do? How, how do you tell people that they either have or haven't heard from God? Mm-hmm. Because what would you do mm-hmm. if somebody said, and and, mur- and serial killers have said stuff like cult leaders, God called me to murder this person. <laughs> I know. And, I'm and, sorry I'm laughing. But, but do you know what the pastor said? Yeah. He said, okay, I'm going to surprise a lot of people here. If, if God told them to do it, mm-hmm. then I agree. Okay. Because God has the right to take life at his choosing. There are examples in the Bible where clearly people were taken out of God. See, you know, I don't even need you to explain it. If God yeah. said it. If God said it. Right. Then, yeah. Then it is what it is. It's God. <laughs> However. But I don't think this person's receptor. Most people are not being told yeah. that God is asking them to do such a duty. Have you ever owned one of those TVs where you start getting a channel that you're not supposed to be getting? It, like it's fuzzy. Oh, you mean like uh, like, like you your start, HBO accidentally gets hooked up or your something? Your receptor is like okay. starts picking up this channel, and you're uh-huh. like, oh, I'm not supposed to be getting this. That's that's a lot of those. People. <laughs> okay. You are not getting the right message. Uh, we'll move on. What, that's uh, not a thing. Where's the other one? What did I do? I uh, yeah, I do want to. We were kind of talking about the whole checking your mindset. It's so yeah. important <laughs> to do that because if you are. If it always comes back to this for me, I think of that moment with James and John, and they are so passionate and they are so angry, and they want to call fire down from heaven on this town because they didn't receive us the way they should have been receiving mm-hmm. you. How dare they not? You're the Messiah, and Jesus is like, guys, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, got to be careful. Wait, is my heart in the right spot here right now? <laughs> um, do you let's see? Oh, that's that's an interesting one. Uh, I'm just making sure I'm asking the best question. Yeah, th- this I think this is just interesting. Okay. Have you seen examples of evangelism being fruitful? Because it can get a bad rap of a lot of weirdos on the side of the road or whatever. Um, because evangelism is a broad topic. I mean, okay. you know, uh, this is probably evangelism in a lot of ways what we're doing right now, but, you know, pastors, but I think evangelism- Sharing God's word is evangelism, yeah, yeah. basically. But I think when people- a lot of people say that it's it's either people uh, speaking in stadiums or or yeah. the guys with uh, speaker boxes on a college campus or the side of the road or something. I've heard from, I'm sure I've heard from people that even somebody shared a tract with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, I don't know. I, <laughs> that's a really good question. I will tell you is my, my dad was a children's pastor and for years they would do a head count okay. of people in the service just to see, you know, how sure. many people we got in the church. But then they would also ask him to please at the end of the service, would anybody like to ask Jesus in their heart? Well, he saw the same group of kids every single Sunday want to stand up and get that sticker. Okay. Yeah. They get a sticker when they say yes to Jesus. And he was hugely interested in um, encouraging the relationship and understanding who this Jesus is. This is what this is about. And and we kind of got obsessed in the church with the numbers. Oh, how many people got their lives? Well, it was the same group of kids as yesterday. If you, I mean, last week, if you want to know the truth. Yeah. So yeah. don't ask me for numbers because, so it really bothered him because he always wanted to, to be an authentic situation. Now there are people who hand out tracks all the time, not saying that's wrong at all, but there mm. are people who kind of give uh, that that's where they feel that God is wanting them to do. I am nobody to say that that's not something that should be happening. I don't know that I've ever witnessed that taking place in somebody right there on the spot, giving their life to Jesus. I think I've heard stories after it happening. Um, but I, I think your, your witness on a daily basis in front of people living out your faith they find out that you're a Christian and you have a conversation with them about it. And then they see that you put your money where your mouth is, mm -hmm. so to speak. Yeah. I think that is your best witnessing tool. No, I, I agree. I think it's, it's got to be both, right? It has um, to be Because both. it's, uh, the gospel is information, uh, but for it to be a, a an ongoing yeah. process yeah. is great, right? Um but uh, but I remember sharing a video. It takes all of these things, all of the above. Uh, I remember sharing a video with my Sunday school class about uh, this guy that was doing street ministry, mm -hmm. and uh, and just seeing it. It was a very interesting video. He was talking to a person of another faith, and mm -hmm. he was just kind of like saying, "Here's why Jesus is the answer," and you know, sharing scripture and sharing uh, sharing truth. And one person in the Sunday school afterwards said, "I just oh, I don't feel right about that." Really? Oh, what do you mean? Yeah. He's just, he's, you know, calling him out and he's being, you know, blunt and he's doing this and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I'm sitting here going, I, I get, you know, if that's not for you, mm -hmm. it's not for you, but it, it can't be inherently wrong because he's, what you don't know is I've watched this channel. There have been people that have come back yeah. and said, now tell me more. Yeah. And then people that have come to Jesus because of this ministry. So even though that's not something you would do, yeah, um, and and you might want to handle it where you get to know him first, uh, it, it's it's not like it's wrong. I think it's important also to recognize there are people that go around teaching how to witness to others mm -hmm. and encourage you to use these types of tools. Um, and then sometimes I've almost come away from those meetings feeling shamed that I don't feel like I'm sure. I'm not sure. going out and doing this exact thing that this person is doing. So right. it, there's two sides to it. I think there's, <laughs> here's my word. There's a balance to it. There's a balance? Because here's the thing. When Jesus spoke, it was not always to crowds. When Jesus spoke, it was not always to small groups of people. He varied it up. Sometimes it was just a couple people were there. He spoke to Nicodemus alone on top of a roof. Nobody else was watching. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. John may have been over on the side because he wrote about it in the book of John chapter three. Famous chapter, by the way. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, there's that 316, <laughs> that 316 verse about something, right? But yeah, so you look at that and then you look at the apostles that followed and the way that they shared. They would usually share in meeting type places. So they were appropriate settings for sure. the sure. talk. These are the places that people expected 
you to gather and hear about the good news. But then there were other forms as well. I just think we, we you know, he's right in, in some ways if that's not for him. Uh, and then obviously anybody that wants to do street ministry is great. Um, but I, I think what can happen is, yeah, either if you don't talk to 500 strangers today, you're not truly spreading the gospel like that. You can feel like that, but it also shouldn't go to the place of, no, I think I'm more the vibe of like, I'm just going to chill on my couch every day. And then if somebody happens to knock on my door and just says, Hey, can you tell me about Jesus Christ? <laughs> That's, that'll be it. Like, no, I mean, I think it should be more verbose, especially sure. in our personal relationships, more proactive. you know, more proactive. Okay. One, one more, one okay. more. This is a doozy. Okay. A doozy. This is, once I say it, you're like, you're, you're not kidding. What do you think the Bible teaches? Why did you get to choose all of these? Because I had the thing. Uh, I had the box of cards. You had the broken chair. Don't do it. Ow! You are egging this on. All right. What do you think the Bible teaches about social justice? Wait, what? What does the Bible teach about social justice? Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Well, give me an example. That is such a broad question. Well, social justice is a lot of topics about equal representation. Uh-huh. And that could be about race. That okay. could be about women. Yeah. Obviously, people uh, talk about um, you know orientation and identity yeah. and gender identity. Pe- people, uh, social justice is the gamut of today's uh, issues. So uh, this, yeah. To me, this is summed up and this is not going to be anybody's favorite answer. But you've heard that God does not stutter, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. When God says something, it, it's law. Why? I don't get to pick and choose the things that are what he says. Um, it is what it is because he created me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I could have opinions all day. All day. But here's the thing. At the end of that day, God made the day. <laughs> and if he said it, uh-huh. then it is what it is. And it tells me in scripture that he is just. Yeah, that's right. He's just. Now, it may not feel fair, but he is just. Mm-hmm. And so in speaking to social justice, God is just. He invented justness. Mm-hmm. And I think everything can be encapsulated in the person of Jesus Christ here on earth. His actions, we could we can find out how to treat one another through God in man's flesh walking around on this earth, this is how we discover how to treat one another Um, because it's all wrapped up in the person who invented justness. Um, And so not just social justice, but other kinds of justice that people are seeking when it comes to criminal activity and such, Mm -hmm. all of these things, how how do we get our cues? Always from the person of Jesus Christ who helped explain the Old Testament law and live it. Um, I don't, I, I know that's not going to be everybody's favorite answer. Cause some of those things, like it doesn't feel fair. Why is it this way for them and not for that? Why is that a thing and not? So Jesus was a huge advocate for women. Women were in his group of people. Um, I mentioned the 12 disciples that were with Jesus. Well, I didn't even bring up these amazing women. A lot of them helped fund the ministry mm-hmm. so that for three years they could they could wander and share the good news. Right. Yeah. Um, we know that Mary Magdalene being the first person to see Jesus, the first one to have that peace connection in her heart that he has risen. Yeah. 
was a woman. Mm -hmm. Mary was blessed to be the first one to carry the gospel message. So there's that. And then he also went out of his way to make a point to show that foreigners mattered. Yep. Yep. So, and, and when discussing slavery, I mean, (laughs) back in the old Testament, it was established that, listen, if you can't pay the debt that you owe to this person, then yeah, you can work it off. Right. Yeah, it was a different, it wasn't what it was in America. It was a different thing. So when you hear about slavery, I mean, we we got to research context of that. So a lot of that's been thrown up in people's face. Well, God was for slavery. No, 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 no. no. Not chattel slavery. We're not even talking about the year of Jubilee here where people are released from the, Sure. so um, God was an advocate and is an advocate for people. He loves his people for crying out loud. He died for us. Yeah. Yeah. So everything we need to know about justice is wrapped up in him. I, I think where we get caught up nowadays is the, um, you know, I just heard actually, uh, I just heard Bill Maher talk about this, ironically enough, uh, that there was a, uh, there's a guy, uh, I think it was a professor from Harvard that, that de- uh, determined presentism. Okay. And presentism is judging uh, the past by the standards of today. So canceling George Washington because he had slaves. Mm. Right. Yeah. Uh, being upset with Christopher Christopher Columbus because of the atrocities uh, that he committed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, that's fine. Sure. Um, if I mean, in in some ways, like so it's fine to be like, yeah, we can we can deem that that was wrong. I mean, especially if it's biblically wrong, it was just wrong. Um, but but the audacity to say I would have been so different if I lived in 1492. Mm-hmm. The world was messed up. <laughs> Slaves were everywhere yeah. it, with all people groups at that time, right? It was right? a horrible situation, yeah. Atrocities were everywhere yeah. then. And so- Middle ages were not a great- <laughs> No, my gosh, no. <laughs> that was not middle ages, was it? That was a little bit later than that. Yeah, I don't know when the middle ages ends. I, I, I mean- <laughs> Are we still in middle ages? Uh, no, the the, the, the uh, Jurassic period uh, was- <laughs> No, and so, um, so I think it's the same thing with the Bible- we look at today's problems mm-hmm. and then see a verse in scripture and go, oh my gosh, Jesus would have been a part of this movement. Yeah. Well, it's not the point, right? <laughs> right. I think he might've been, I think, I think in, in a lot of these, any, any uh, movement worthwhile, I think there's a chance like Jesus would have been at the uh, event or the March or whatever. Yeah. And he would have just been loving individuals. Right. I don't, I don't think is, you know, for example, you have a lot of, uh, you know, all his followers uh, thought he was going to overthrow Rome. And it wasn't about getting out of this situation mm-hmm. for Jesus, for his people. Uh, I think you're right with, you know, women. I think Jesus was clearly for women, but even like the Mary Magdalene thing, seeing him first, I think that could be a nod to that. Our, our pastor also shared, you know, maybe it's more, really more likely it's about the fact that Mary had seven demons driven out of her. So what Jesus is actually showing is that the gospel is for the most unqualified people. Mm-hmm. That could be absolutely true. Which means it's of not course, a empowerment move necessarily. I kind of want to go toe to toe with that comment. Why wouldn't he show up with Peter who had just betrayed him then? No, well, I mean, that's so, I mean that's interesting too. But, but the point being is that Jesus loved us. Jesus loved us and that's the point. And loves us currently because he's still alive. And and so I, I think that's just where a lot of movements, even within churches, get caught up. This is how it has to be done. Yeah. And this is this is what the Bible is talking about when we're putting the standards of today 
on something that wasn't a thing then. And we really got to truly see what the point is. From what I understand, and I'll try to make this quick because Carter told me, he's like, ah, Rochelle, I think that's kind of boring. But the when, the when the Jewish people were scattered and they were exiled, they had to set up a system of worshiping and gathering and trying to, to figure out the law all over the world because they'd been exiled. And when they were figuring these things out, they're setting up synagogues and they're, they're trying to translate things. Okay, now we're in this area that speaks Greek. Let's translate Greek. I'm saying all of this to say when Jesus came around, after all of this scattering had taken place and somewhat had reassembled in the Israel area. I mean, not everybody was back after the exile, but you know, Rome got him pretty much back. The point being, he had a lot of stuff that he had to help them sift through because there were different parts of the Jewish church that put more emphasis on certain aspects of the law than others. Does that sound familiar? That's Christians today. Mm. We all have certain parts of the scripture that we really connect with and put more of an emphasis on others. And unfortunately, there was a lot of teachers in that day that that just taught off of their own emphasis. Some of it was quite harsh. Some of them were more subdued. It was just, it was all across the map. And so Jesus was like, okay, you have read it in the law and I'm here to fulfill the law, something you can't do. But can I also tell you that your emphasis is on the wrong syllable? Right, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, I, I think we need to take a, a note out of that <laughs> that reality yeah. of what took place in scripture and apply it to today. We may think we know everything. Oh, yeah, Jesus would be at that movement. No, Jesus yeah. started his own movement. Yeah, and that's where we have to get on board. And I think it's if it's for something, um, you know, really for, for anything that's within biblical grounds, I mean, certainly human rights for people of different skin colors. Sure. My goodness, we should be oh, supportive absolutely. in March. I just think we should be careful on what the point of scripture is, like you said. Right. And then right. The, the the other part of that is, you know, if we are putting the standards of today onto the Bible, mm -hmm. it's not just social movements that we do that with. We do that with health and we do that we with do. wealth and we do that with, you know, and it is just not, I have to get out of my but the the time mm -hmm. frame that I live in and try to get in that time frame to truly understand. Yeah, no, that's really, really good. And seeking the heart of what, what did he say? Yeah. What did he really say when he right, said that? Right, right. Uh, not get caught up in or trip over words. And um, I, I think it's always important to get back to, um, would he be at that movement? Would he be a part, an activist in that? Or I like how you were like, he might visit that because he's all about people. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he was the movement. He was the movement. Yeah. And so people who are always looking for a hill to die on, I've heard that quote lately. And I'm like, no, Jesus did the dying on the hill. It's done. Yeah. yeah. And this is what points us to truth always, Jesus. And I'm trying to be very careful about language because there's, uh, you know, trying to go back and forth in my head. I may not be saying it right. Yeah. There's some movements that um, are just biblically not grounded. And then there's sub movements that are absolutely right, but just trying to precaution ourselves with, are, are we changing the meaning of the Bible mm -hmm. to fit this, even if it's a right cause, sure. right? So I, I, we, I may not be saying that completely correct. I think but you are saying it right. Sure there's a vast that, yeah. amount of movements. Does it, does it align with God? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that's because first, right? Because if it's the other way yeah. around, it's like, well, I don't know, does your God align with our movement? It's like, well, it, then we have a problem. Well, it's like politics, right? It's yeah. like, no, Jesus is the Jesus party. Mm-hmm. And there might be some elements of independents or libertarians or Democrats or Republicans that- uh, Kind of reflect. Know, kind of reflect yes, that. that. But mm-hmm. uh, Jesus is not a Democrat and he's not a Republican and he's not a libertarian. It is He is not one of those. We follow him yeah. where we should. And we can't just go- I'm a Republican or I'm a Democrat and Jesus would be too. Like, that's not true. Yeah. That's not true. We realize as we're saying all of this, this feels like it gets confusing too, but it's like, okay, so there's a blurred line there. Nope. Yeah. We just follow scripture. We follow scripture. Yeah. But your interpretation of that verse might be different than mine. What, where does that leave me? We get it. We get why it can be confusing. I, I, However, yeah. there's wisdom and counsel. I think that's where sure. that's at. And then we read that passage in, in, is it James? It talks about when you lack wisdom to ask God, if mm-hmm. you're dealing with a problematic situation and be like, I need some help with this. God's going to, he is going to bring along people alongside you or he's going to clarify it. And I, he I, will bring wisdom. I think what we have to remember, somebody pointed out, that, yeah, there's some confusing stuff in the Bible. Sure. But like, 70% of it, if you read it, that's probably what it means. Like it's it, a lot of it's surface level, if you will. And that's not much, not saying that disrespectfully. I just mean like what it says is what it means in a majority of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And then there are things you certainly have to dig and go, what is the meaning of this? Yeah. But the main things like, you know, Jesus Don't being kill. God and rising from right. the dead. You're going to get that if you read it. Yeah. You're going to get it. We all will. Well, thank you so much for this different. Uh, we'll do this every once in a while. Yeah, this when we game. do it next time, guaranteed. I'm picking the questions. You got intense with that. <laughs> I did. I don't know. I was trying to. And I'll be back. <laughs> I went Batman on you. <laughs>